0: us talking about balls is just like, it's literally normal uh, for us. But then when other brands are starting to go a little rogue or crazy, it's like, okay, but you don't sell anything close to what you're talking about.
1: Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Today's episode is gonna be a fun one, and dare I say, maybe even off the rails, we'll see how it goes. I am chatting with Kevin Graham, who does social at Manscaped. And I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks for coming in, Kevin.
0: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to hop on this.
1: Yeah, we're going to have a good time. So I would like to start with a bit of an icebreaker, though, because you do social for Manscaped. It's all about, you know, kind of taking care of body hair and all kinds of things, which we'll we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But I think we have, we have to kind of thank puberty for all of those things that we all have to take care of with these days. So I want to flash back to young Kevin. What were you like kind of in your awkward years, maybe in middle school, maybe as a freshman in high school uh, going through puberty and just who were you at that time in your life?
0: Oh man. Um, <laughs> I was a wild kid. I'm not going to lie. I definitely caused some problems with my parents. Um, I was just always, I loved to like, Entertain people, so like in school, I got good grades, but my like citizenship and the uh classroom stuff usually wasn't as good. Uh, I would <laughs> say I fell in the class clown class clown uh, category. So I was always just I don't know making people laugh. I knew the best thing was making the teachers laugh because you know they like try not to, but I could usually get them to chuckle a little. So even though they had to, you know be uptight with me a bit, I knew I knew they were laughing. They probably went home and were having a good time.
1: Yeah. And they probably had a soft spot for you because of that. Like they probably couldn't really show it, but yeah. <laughs> if you're cracking jokes and making them laugh and making their days a little better, I'm sure they appreciated that.
0: Yeah, I just I, I think I always thought like everyone's too serious about things. So I always try and just bring like a little lighter side to you know, even like serious topics or whatever. And I think it's carried over into what I do now.
1: I was going to say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It sounds <laughs> like you were going to meant for this role. So yeah, I'd love to flash forward to how you got in this role working for Manscaped. And I got to know, do you love your job? Because it seems like you're having a blast.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I do love my job. Um, It's kind of just like the perfect fit for me, Um, especially with like how I grew up like even In high school, I was always cracking jokes, and like it literally feels like the content I create was like the same funny stuff I was doing in high school. But now I'm getting paid to do it. Um, it just really aligned with my humor style, and like we at the company like to work really hard too. So it just it really was a nice fit. Um, and I guess like getting into the role was um, I loved Manscaped, and I I was just loving how the company uh, went about themselves. I was like, I'm gonna find a way to work there. And I just kind of built up my resume. And um, when the opportunity struck, I was like, I am joining this team. I'm finding a way.
1: Yeah. Did you have to do anything special to stand out? Like was, did you write like a funny cover letter or, or do anything to tailor things that way?
0: Yeah. I, I knew it was just going to be a sought after position. So I did a couple things. One, I took my resume and cover letter and I completely branded them like manscaped. Um, so like all my extra skills were called all the trimmings and it was completely branded the color of manscaped. So I knew it would pop out to them. Um, and I'd say the biggest thing is, um, our director of social Tyler, I cold emailed him and I sent him a video of me, uh, a, a TikTok of me dancing to my resume, and so I just said first interview, kind of nervous, and with a clickable link. And when he, you know, clicked on it, it's just me dancing to my resume because you know I knew it. Just like they're looking for someone that can have fun in the role and like isn't afraid to embarrass themselves. So why not show that and stand out from the you know two hundred whatever people in the stack.
1: Yeah, I I love that. I'm such a, a huge proponent for that. And it's it's hard advice to give people because when I say that, you know, you have to go the extra mile and do those things if you really want the position, it's I think it's sometimes hard for people to hear because they're just so exhausted if they've been On a job search forever, and it's just like one more thing to write, one more thing to create. But if it's a job that you feel like is meant for you, Mm -hmm. that extra mile is never crowded. And I think those little things are are necessary. And I'm glad it worked out for you. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited it did, and yeah, it's just been a crazy ride since.
1: Yeah. So I I'd like to get a little clarity um, in your own words of who you think your target audience is because I was thinking about this and you know, I love the brand. I'm obviously, I don't think I'm the target audience, but I'd love for you to speak to, you know, maybe sometimes you do target women because we're maybe buying the gifts. So how do you approach that? Who is your target audience?
0: Yeah, I think we have, um, you know, a main target audience and then there's, it breaks out into more and more people that we're targeting. Um, but we're, we're really into like, you know, people anywhere from like 25, 30 something, um, you know, in that range. And I think the other big thing we do is, you know, we're starting to target Gen Z too and with, um, younger platforms and stuff like that. And, you know, so there's this balance of like targeting people that we're actually selling to and then building the brand awareness, um, for the Gen Z and younger audience. But yeah, mainly we're, we're in that range of like 25 to 30 something. Um, you know, people that are making decent money and, um, are willing to, you know, I would say we're a higher end product. So you're marketing to people that like, want to be, um, seen as, you know, you see it with a lot of like the people we work with, like people want to, um, show off that they're, you know, using manscape, whether it's our, you know, shirts or boxers. So, um, it's definitely, uh, a fun target audience though because we can kind of get wild and wacky with it but yeah yeah
1: yeah and that's great that your audience is vocal like that and they're willing to share and they want to be involved and part of the brand so it's it's awesome to see how you all um capitalize on that over there so mm-hmm. um you touched on it a little bit but how would you describe manscapes brand voice there's so many adjectives that you've mentioned <laughs> wacky already but i'd love to hear your take on this and. I don't know if you have any like internal documents and and things developed with your team, but how do you all describe yourself and your voice?
0: I think the word for the longest time that was rattle around the Manscaped is rogue, um, <laughs> just because <laughs> we're willing to you know walk the line a bit. Um, we try and keep it respectful, but um, you know at the end of the day, we're marketing ball trimmers and beyond now. But um, our big thing i would say is you know making it more mainstream to talk about things like that you know that for a while it was like i mean growing up i was like you know i don't know what to do with this and you know (laughs) so it's like making it like not like this weird thing to talk about and just kind of normalizing stuff like that um i think it's been super helpful for you know um people that didn't know before and that's why i think it, it also fit well with me working here is like I kind of know who I'm marketing to so well, especially at like my age and where I'm at, it feels sometimes like I'm just talking to like my friends. And that's kind of how I go about about it a lot because I was looking at the target audience. I'm like, it's kind of like me just like talking to my friends. So if I like create content that like I know my friends would like or share within our group chat, stuff like that, that's what's been resonating really well with them.
1: Yeah, I I always think that's so fascinating because I think sometimes to an extent if you're lucky the brand that you work for almost feels like an extension of yourself and it just comes more naturally to you. So I'm so glad that you found that. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it's an important thing about like um if you're a social media manager or whatever working at a company that really fits and aligns with like who you are, your values and like how you go about things because it just makes it so much easier to market the product or service or whatever it is because you're already like aligned with it and it's not like it's a super hard stress on like oh my gosh i have to do all this research on how to talk this way um and i think it led to me like quickly ramping up and understanding who the brand is how it works and you know how i can communicate with our audience
1: yeah and you mentioned rogue as like one of the main adjectives for your uh brand voice was it like that when you started, or did you kind of have to convince them that we're going to go this route? And and what was that like? Because that could probably be uncomfortable for leadership potentially.
0: <laughs> I would say it was it was rogue from the start. Um, I would say the big brand builder was Tyler Wentworth, who's the director of social, who really built up the brand and um, just from the get go, they're they're pretty rogue with the socials, and I think that's what like allured me into it. Um, just so much fun. And like, you can tell they're enjoying what they're creating. Um, and so that was built out and I feel like it hasn't been hard to continue that. Um, I think nowadays, it is, especially as a bigger brand, it's, you know, you have more legal involved, you have more just like, yeah. you know, kind of making sure we're not getting in trouble um, with how things are now. So there's a lot more just like thinking through if something is funny, but not, not you know going too far um but that's the one great thing about working at manscaped is the leadership has given us creative freedom so it's basically like we trust you to make the decisions like day one they gave me access to all the socials it's like go which is like crazy because i've worked at smaller companies where i've had to sit there and like get every little sentence run by people so Um, the creative freedom there and the trust and, you know, you can go to them if you have a question or want to see if something's too far, but letting you make the decisions because you're the one communicating with your audience every day. You understand what they like, what's going on, you know, the trends better than most. Um, so that's been super important. That's probably why I like my job so much.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you have that because I think that's, that's really hard to find and it's, it's true that taking risks, like that's the way that you stand out. And a lot of um a lot of teams get caught up in that and they don't take those risks and they make safe, boring content that no one talks about. Yeah. I mean, granted, very few people <laughs> sell ball trimmers and, and can have fun with cracking jokes about that and, and making memes. Um, but ultimately it's it's about having fun and, and entertaining and taking those risks when you can. Mm-hmm. Um so do you think on that note, do you think Manscaped is able to push boundaries in ways that other brands can't?
0: Probably. I mean, I think um, if you're in the social world, you've probably seen like you know all the talk about horny brands and like you know what's going on with like you know brands pushing a little too far. I think we're in this safe space where like that's literally our product, so we can get away with a lot more. And like us talking about balls is just like it's literally normal. Uh, for us, but then when the other brands are starting to go a little rogue or crazy, it's like, okay, but you don't sell anything close to what you're talking about. Um, I do think we have a little more leeway because of that, but, um, I think we still try and make sure that that's not our only thing. Like, we don't want just be known for just like those jokes. Like, um, we're really about building up the confidence in men and, um, expanding them beyond the groin so you know it's like we just had ball trimmers but now we're building out this whole arsenal of products to um help out men from head to toe basically with shampoos conditioners body sprays and all that so um what started with one thing to help the men, we're really expanding it all the way up yeah that,
1: that's really cool i'm i'm excited to watch that pivot and to see how you guys manage that. But I think you already have such a great foundation. I think it's sometimes hard for brands to expand, especially kind of early on, but I think you guys are crushing it and I'm, I'm excited to watch. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you mentioned you were the class clown. You mentioned humor is a big part of, uh, mm-hmm. part of your online presence with Manscaped. Um, I love to talk about pop culture on this podcast, just in general. So, what is your approach to, you know, coming up with funny things? I guess, or um, you know, finding memes that you want to participate in, and and doing culture jacking, and staying informed on what's going on in, in pop culture. How do you manage all of that, and how do you know what trends you want to jump in on?
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question because it, it, there's a lot of talk about it right now recently too on like when to hop into trends when not to um and it's something that i'm actually still learning I, I wouldn't say i'm amazing at it is understanding when the trend aligns with your brand and um not just hopping on it just because you know you're going to get likes it's like making sure that it aligns with your target audience and you're bringing in the right people because yeah like A bunch of views are cool, but if you don't have the right people looking at your content, they're not going to buy at the end of the day. And I wouldn't say my job is directly get people to buy, but it's to bring the right people into our community. And so that once they're ready and we cultivate that community, it makes it that much easier for them to purchase and not only purchase, but become a repeat customer. Because that's what I think the community building does is when you do it right, they're willing to stay a part of the community and grow with the company rather than just, like, trying to get someone to buy one thing. Um, But the pop culture stuff, I love, like, keeping up to date. Um, So I'd say I'm extremely online, always just kind of seeing what's going on. And, yeah, like, if you can be quick with it, um, I think there's a balance of either being very quick and being one of the first ones or being – very calculated waiting a bit and making sure that that content is done right very on brand i think brands like um chipotle do a very good job of being on brand and like they don't go right away with whatever's trending with the meme but they make sure it's done well clean um and just to the point and i don't know if you look at their stuff a lot but i feel like they always hit it right on the nail.
1: yeah um, they're pretty much just a meme account at this point it seems like yeah um I love that you brought up that, and I, I think this is so important to discuss that it's not necessarily your job to get people to buy. I think that's something that social media managers probably grapple with a lot and trying to prove their value and proving like, hey, this post brought in x revenue, and I think a lot of times leadership may be looking for that, but it's it's brand marketing, which means you're you're getting people to Eventually, choose you when they're ready to buy. Mm. So it's so hard to you know tie it back to you know this post that was funny and made someone laugh, also made them buy. No, it made them like the brand more, and then eventually choose you when it became time to buy. So yeah, I think- and
0: I, I do think that we have that the advantage where we are a bigger company. So it's not like you know I've worked at smaller companies where it's like the one social media manager does everything from organic to paid and all that. Um, and I have the opportunity where as organic and we have a great paid team as well. Like I know that like my job is to bring people in and then once they're in that ecosystem, they're going to get hit with ads. They're going to, you know, and that's where like, I respect all areas of the business. And like, I know there's always this competition of like, who's doing more, who's doing better. But in reality, if you all work together, like we've been building this relationship with our paid and organic team that like, Oh, this is working well for us. This is doing well and it's just this well-oiled machine of like, you know, basically I'm bringing people in and I know they're going to do the job to convert them to a sale. Um so it's, you know, I guess it's setting up like the beginning of the funnel in my mind. So, um my job really is entertain, educate, and that's kind of what I do. Have fun, make people want to feel part of something. And so, as much as I'm a social media person, I think the community building is like the really still underrated aspect of um what brands can do to really build an audience online.
1: Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Just community in general and Mm -hmm. and the importance of that and your philosophy on it?
0: Yeah. Um, Community building is just something that like, it makes so much sense nowadays. There's especially like people like me, I've been targeted to with ads my whole life. So like to me, I'm like, I scroll so quickly through ads. And so like, if you're creating content that just feels like an ad on your you know main page people are going to scroll through it but if they see like an engaged user base on there they're like oh why are so many people involved in this why are they commenting why and so it's that idea of like getting people to feel a part of something um and you know if you understand who that target audience is you can cultivate this whole community of people that care about the product or Just want to feel a part of something i mean that's how we are as humans we want to feel like a part of a tribe and so that's kind of what i'm doing is you know i'm building this whole tribe of people that and i would say it was already built and i'm just building on it um and leaning into the community aspect more but that's what i think is so important is building out that community and that base because then you know it's not only word of mouth because people that love the product and the community are going to talk about you openly but People now on social can see that they can see the comments and like I can tell pretty quickly on a post if there's an engaged audience or not. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah, I I love that just that mindset overall. I mean, I, I think it's so important to just make your audience involved, like you said, and to um, you know invite them to be a part of it. I think a lot of times we push messages out, but the more you can bring people in and and involve them it's it's always a a great formula mm-hmm. um, so getting back to um, some of your awesome content that you're putting out there does anything do any past posts stand out as far as any memes that you've done um, any culture jacking you maybe experimented with or um just a, a hilarious post that really took off? what are some of your uh, greatest hits if you will?
0: <laughs> hmm. the the big one that comes to mind was um We've been using Tumblr lately, and something that came up on Tumblr, I think it transferred over to some other socials too, but there was a Pika meme where basically Tumblr was announcing their ads and they're running ads on the platform, and to do that, they basically released this creepy photo of a person in like this Pikachu costume, and when doing that they're trying to push users to go ad free and pay for ad free so they don't have to see it i thought it was a brilliant play um but everyone was saying they're like because we we do ads on there they're like oh we'd rather see the manscaped ads for like they they're like would rather see them instead of this creepy thing so um our team was like we got to do something and i think it was tyler who came up with the idea but i bought like a yellow suit dressed up like a Pikachu the Pikachu guy and held a ball trimmer. So we just really leaned into that meme even more cuz we knew that it would resonate with them. And then all of a sudden it blew up on on the Tumblr. There were like hundreds of photos of me holding a ball trimmer dressed as like a a Pikachu. Um and so like maybe it wasn't our highest performing ever, but it was just the most fun to like just really lean into like the meme of it and i think that's where you can get stuff that does well especially with memes like leaning into like the pain points of the audience or whatever whoever you're trying to talk to like you see that they that that's what they're saying and understanding that audience and like what they're trying to um project and then leaning into it and saying hey we get you and like here's some just fun entertainment that we're willing to do um and yeah. i think that one kind of a lot of the, the tumblr users over
1: yeah that's like hysterical and brilliant all at the same time i'll have to look that up Mm -hmm. um i'd love to just i don't think we've ever discussed tumblr on this podcast i'd love to learn a little bit more about um the strategy there and just your decision to get more active on tumblr
0: yeah tumblr um has a lot of gen z people on there now i forget i don't want to give a wrong number but it's somewhere in the 40s or 50% of users on there now are Gen Z. Um, and I really think it's a transition from like how oversaturated Instagram is and like, you know, people rejecting not as authentic photos, you know, they're all edited and all that stuff. And I feel like we've kind of seen this happen with Gen Z with TikTok and how they're trying to go to more of like this authentic style lifestyle. And I think Tumblr kind of gives them that more like going back to the Tumblr aesthetic, like, we started seeing on Instagram with, you know, like Gen Z was posting more blurry photos. They're posting like photo dumps, you know, and it was kind of like yeah. pulling back the super edited photos. And then so it only made sense that they were going to start going over to Tumblr and that's what happened. So they're, um, I, I'll send you the the article about it after, but there's this whole data dive into you know, like how many Gen Z people are on there. So we're like, well, we might as well start building our presence out on there and, uh, and having fun and marketing to them in like a whole different way. And it, personally, I love it because it's a whole new challenge, you know, understanding mm-hmm. a new platform. I mean, I was a little bit of a Tumblr boy back then, but um,
1: def- yeah. definitely learned it, it
0: from the brand side.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool to hear because it's definitely a blind spot for me. So it's uh, so interesting to uh, hear that. I'd love to read that article. Please send it to me. Of course. Um. So... You mentioned that, you know, you, Manscaped goes rogue. You know, they can kind of get away with some things that maybe other brands can't. Um, so for someone listening to this podcast that maybe works in a different industry, maybe, you know, potentially more serious or buttoned up industry, um, what are some things people can still learn from you and from Manscaped in general?
0: Um, I think the big thing is... Just keep trying things. I think you know we're a big brand, but we're still willing to test things out. Like, obviously, it shouldn't be your whole strategy, but like we're willing to test things that push limits a little bit, and because um, you never know. If you just play it safe, you know, especially as a smaller brand, you're never going really going to push that next level and or understand like and find like a piece of content that really resonates with your audience that you can keep doing. So like. We're willing to, and our leadership is great about it. We have our strategy, but we're willing to go outside it and test new things. If it doesn't do well, who cares? It's only been, you know, if it wasn't seen by a lot of people, it wasn't seen by a lot of people. They probably just scrolled and it's gone. Um, So I think it's worth just testing out new things and exciting things that you really believe will do well for your brand um, and not falling into the trap of just getting likes and um always catering to the algorithm which i still think i have trouble with of the balance of like creating exact content for your brand and strategy and getting those likes and catering to the algorithm because you know it's going to do well and so it's like kind of finding that middle ground because you do at the end of the day need stuff that forms but also staying true to yourself and being that like creator and artist that you are
1: yeah, you've got to experiment. And I think Manscaped, like you you don't put that brand in a box. You're willing to to try new things to get a little um you know <laughs> cheeky with it sometimes, but no um nuts. but it works. It works. Very few brands can tweet, you know, what does WAP stand for stand for? <laughs> War against pubes, you know, like it's just <laughs> it's hysterical. I um I admire your creativity. I think it's so fun to watch. And yeah, I can't thank you enough for, for telling us more about it today and everyone go check out Manscaped. The holidays are coming up. I might have, (laughs) have to check it out and, and, uh, buy a few trimmers and things as gifts. (laughs) Um, but where can people follow you? I know you're really passionate about community. Do Mm -hmm. I remember that you have a newsletter in the works?
0: I have a newsletter in the works. It should be coming out on, uh. This coming Monday. I don't know what day that is. I should probably know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's see. It's coming out on Monday the 24th. So that'll just be all things social, community building, um, and stuff like that. Just a nice free newsletter to keep you up to date with stuff going on. Um, I love just staying up to date and helping people understand, like, trends and, um, you know, how they can improve their stuff. Um, And then, yeah, just following me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at. community kev i think there's an underscore um and then i'm big on linkedin i love sharing my stuff on there too so i'm shooting with the connect requests on there um and also i just wanted to like shout out that like it's not just me it's like our whole team that makes this happen and the leadership allows us to be creative and you know do our best work but so much of it is like behind the scenes like our video production team um you know, paid team, HR, like from top to bottom, like that's what makes our um, company go so well is it's just like this well-oiled machine that like, it's so easy to chat with people on the influencer team, podcast team, and, you know, just work together towards a common goal.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you all are on on the same page. And, you know, I think a lot of teams hit those roadblocks where they know they have this great idea, but they're not, you know, getting that uh, that buy-in from the important people that will let you run with it. And uh, it's it's really great to hear that you have that over there. Yeah. Um, sure. You're also being modest about your LinkedIn. I think you were like ranked number one on some kind of LinkedIn, LinkedIn list that I saw recently. So it's uh, it's been awesome to see you over there. And I'm so excited that you have a, a newsletter to keep sharing things that you're learning with us.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that's been, that was exciting to see. But You know, I'm always leaning back in it. It's the community. Like, I can't build up and be number one or whatever it is without people willing to comment, to engage with me, and to build relations with me. So, I mean, I started LinkedIn like five, six months ago, like really actually posting. And all of it was built through building connections and like meaningful connections with people. Um, And it's just been crazy ever since. But yeah
1: yeah well said well i think the mark of any great community starts with a great host and a a great leader so um thanks to you and also just shout out to the entire manscaped team you're doing great work i can't wait to keep watching um everything you all have in store is there anything else you'd like to add or anything else you'd like to uh to plug Um,
0: not really i just say we've got some really exciting stuff coming up within these next couple months so um Really excited to share some of those things. So just keep an eye out on our socials and, and you'll see some fun stuff coming down the pipeline. But I wanted to thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. I was really excited to jump on and just chat with you.
1: Awesome, yeah, I, I had a good time. And um, yeah, I uh, maybe we'll collab again together in the future it would be fun. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, thanks Kevin. Thank you. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review for marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox. Sign up for my newsletter at BrianneFleming.com newsletter, or find me on Twitter at Brianne2k. As always, thanks for listening. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe, or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at breanneflemingcom newsletter, or find me on Twitter at Brianne2k. As always, thanks for listening.